Morning. Morning. So Chad Fry is his name. Chad Fry uh, was my RD in college, my junior year, had a great impact on my life. In fact, um, I had the opportunity to work for Chad my junior year because I was an RA. And the process to become an RA at uh, the college I went to, you, uh, you applied, you filled out this paperwork, you sent it in, and then you had this um, like three or four hour long group interview, which was painful at best. Um, but it put you in situations that, you know, at the time, I didn't know because I was a dumb college student. Um, it put you in situations where they got to see how you responded, how you reacted, and how you um, addressed certain situations, how you worked together as a team, all this sort of stuff. And then through that group interview um, with hundreds of people and through uh, the written application, if an RD wanted to select you to work for them, they reached out to you and offered you the opportunity to work for them the following year. So it wasn't guaranteed when I applied to be an RA whether or not I get it, but Chad Fry selected me. He chose, now, I mean, he chose six other people too, but, but he chose me. And I remember it, it, was, it was about halfway through the, the, my junior year, uh, Chad and I, we met monthly having a one-on-one, and, and we usually grabbed lunch together uh, in the basement of our building. We had a, a little cafe down there, and we're sitting there, and I looked up at Chad uh, in the middle of this lunch. I said, hey, Chad, um, why'd you pick me? And he looked at me, and he kind of chuckled, and, you know, we you know, had developed a friendship by this point, and, you know, I... Uh, with a couple of guys, we go down to his apartment and play games, and um, uh, he was leading our trip, uh, or, or he was our faculty advisor for our mission trip that year to Northern Ireland, and, you know, so we've developed this bond, and, and so I felt like I could be, you know, vulnerable with him in this moment, and he just starts laughing, and I'm like, oh, so much for being vulnerable, because I'm now like, you know, um, like, don't laugh, that hurts, and he said, you really don't know? And I'm like, no. Like, why did you pick me? And he looks at me and said, you have administrative gifts to boot. Those were his exact words. I will never forget them, even to this day. And I looked back, and I'm like, what, what does that mean? And, you know, he's a central Pennsylvania guy, and, you know, so they say things like to boot, and I'm like, what, you know, what? Uh, he's, like, he's like, you're really good administratively. I'm like, well, like, yeah, but what does that mean? And so he begins explaining it, and he talks about how, like, you know, I'm, I'm good with planning things out and organizing things and, and organizing people. And he talks about how, like, when we, when we do projects and, and, and plan things, that I, I can handle logistics really well. And so I look back, and I'm like, yeah, but what's the big deal? Like, isn't everybody good at that? <laughs> that was his response. And, and I, I remember sitting in front of him just dumbfounded. I'm like, well, that just all comes natural to me. And I didn't realize that that was something unique. And so, so in this conversation that Chad and I were having, you know, he began to help me realize at 21 years old that I was unique. Like I knew I was weird, <laughs> but I began to fully understand that, that I was unique. And what I thought came naturally to me what I thought was just ways that my mind worked was normal for everybody else. It wasn't. You see, we're unique. We are uniquely created 
to serve a unique God. We are uniquely created to serve a unique God. That's what we're going to talk about this morning here at Hope Church, Mount Laurel, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Or moms. The rest of you, you'll have your day. We are uniquely served, we are uniquely made to serve a unique God. Last week, Pastor Steve, uh, while standing right here, uh, delivered a powerful message, and, and I told him, I said, I said, Steve, that was, that was what I needed to hear in this moment. Uh, that was, it was an awesome message, and, you know, I don't know if it was just me or, you know, or all of us, uh, but it seemed like God was speaking through Steve last week, uh, which made sense. If, you, if any of you know Steve well enough, you give him an opportunity to talk uh, about passion, you know, I mean, that's what he's passionate about is what you know, his passion, you know, and, and so you give Steve an opportunity to do that, and I remember I wrote down something he said, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, um, uh, help you all remember this, and I wrote it down because it was so important. He said, passion is fully realized when we use it for God's glory. Ugh. When he said that, I was like, we, praise Jesus, we can leave here right now. I don't need another <laughs> single word out of his mouth because that, to me, summed up everything he said yesterday. And then, as I began to put the pieces together more so for this week, I was like, that sums up everything this week, too. <laughs> and as I was preparing for this week, I, I was thinking, I was like, all right, you know, God, well, you know, I feel like I've talked about this so many times. Like, I feel like I've heard about this so many times. I'm sure, you know, most of the people sitting in that room would be like, oh, we're talking about gifts. We're talking about passions. Like, how many times can we talk about that? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Steve's message last week was what I needed to hear in that moment. And I learned something new out of what he talked about and the scripture he used that I must have read 50 times. Because that's what happens when we read scripture and we study scripture together as a community is we pull something out new, even for the hundredth time we read a passage. So this morning, I'm not talking about some mind-breaking you know, earth-shattering thing. Talking about some of the cores and the basics of our faith. But hopefully you'll walk away with this simple phrase that you were uniquely made to serve a unique God. So this morning, I'm going to follow up on what Steve said of how our passion is fully realized when we use it for God's glory. How do we use that passion for God's glory? And that's what we're here this morning for. So we're uh, going to spend most of our time in uh, the letter of 1 Corinthians. It's a letter that Paul wrote uh, to the Corinthian church. Uh, I'll have it up on the screen if you want to pull out your, um, your Bibles or your Bible apps, um, as long as you're not texting. Oh, wait, that's what I have to tell the teenagers. Um, <laughs> I think it applies for you guys, too. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We'll have it up on the screen. We'll probably bounce back and forth to it a little bit. Starting in verse 4, it says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same gift, sorry, the same spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. 
A spiritual gift is given to each of us, to each of you, so we can help each other. I've heard uh, many people in the past uh, share in front of a large group like this about spiritual gifts, and they'll pull out the list and walk through each one individually and painfully. Uh, I'm not going to do that this morning um, because the thing is, we don't resonate with all of them. You know, I mentioned that, that we're unique. I mentioned that I learned that when I was in college that I was unique, that it, it took 21 years for somebody to explain to me that I was gifted in certain things and really not gifted in other areas. But I will say this, that if you continue reading in that passage and all throughout Scripture, you'll find tons and tons and tons of spiritual gifts. Uh, you can even um, use uh, Google's search engine, which is uh, pretty robust, I hear. And, and just search spiritual gifts, and you can find a whole list of them. And some of them you know, will, will resonate with you as, as you're reading through them. Uh, one, one spiritual gift that, that I would argue isn't on the list uh, but it should be, so I'm labeling it as a spiritual gift, and I feel like it, uh, it, it fits perfectly for today, is the spiritual gift of motherhood. It, all the moms were like, mm-hmm. I, I, like all of you, have a mom. Um, I love my mom, and she drives me crazy all at the same time. Um, some of you are moms, and uh, your kids love you to pieces, and I know how much you love your kids. And I, I see the kind of mother my wife is to my kids. And, and I'm like, man, that is just, it's special. So, um, so moms, thank you for, for all that you do. Um, those of you that, that play moms to other kids too, uh, maybe it's the neighbors or um, you get the official aunt title and uh, you know, whether it's you're really their aunt or you have like a slew of kids that you are motherly to, um, thank you because you know, all of us kids need that. So, uh, anyway, so uh, so back to First Corinthians uh, twelve. Didn't mean to go on that tangent, but I thought it was uh, kind of relevant. First uh, Corinthians twelve. Uh, I, I as I was studying this passage, like I told you earlier, I can't tell you how many times I've read this passage, but something new jumped out to me as I was reading this, and I was like, you know, it's so cool how how that happens with scripture. But right here. In the first four words, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. All right, I already highlighted this. There are different kinds of gifts. Did you know that you have a spiritual gift? Or two, or three, or, you know, if you're lucky, a few more than that. Did you know that there is a good chance that your gift is very different from mine? And probably different from the person sitting next to you. Especially if you're married, right? How often, you know, do you realize, like, ugh, you know. Opposites attract, right? You know, we, we all have different gifts. What I love is in Ephesians chapter 2, it says this. Uh, Paul is writing uh, a letter to uh, the church in Ephesus. So it's almost like Paul's got the market cornered on um, explaining spiritual gifts. Um, but he tells this uh, to, to the Ephesian church. He says, for we are, I love this, God's masterpiece. It doesn't say for we're God's accident or we're God's mistake. It doesn't say that we're God's, you know, uh, it just happened evolutionary, you know. Uh, We're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus 
so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. Amen? amen. I, I shouldn't have had to ask for the amen for that. Let me get a little bit more personal. You are God's masterpiece this morning. Right, Susie. See, there is no one else on this planet like you. For some of us, let's be thankful there's no one else like me. All right? There's no one else like you. You could be sitting in this room as a twin, and still, there is no one else like you. There may be somebody else that looks like you. There's been many stories of the doppelgangers that, of the world. You know, you may be sitting next to a brother or a sister, and you'd be like, uh, you guys are, you clearly look alike. But we're all unique. We're all very different. Even physically, you could be the most identical of identical twins, and yet when you look at the tips of your fingers, huh, those are some pretty cool designs. There's not a single person on this earth that has a fingerprint that looks like this. See, because we're God's masterpiece. And he wasn't playing around when he created us. We are an intelligent design by an intelligent creator. Our personalities are different. And so you might meet somebody that has similar gifts than you. Like I've met plenty of people that are, that are good with administration and good with leadership. Um, but we're different. Right? Our personalities are different. You know, I'm a pretty weird dude. I get that. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I'm God's masterpiece, you know. <laughs> At least that's what I like to tell myself. <laughs> yeah. But our giftedness is no different, right? And even if, even if you have a similar grouping of gifts, how, it, how we uh, uh, allow that to play out in our lives, it manifests itself very differently in each of us because we're unique. The other thing that I learned uh, from this passage that I, that I really, really like, uh, jumping back to 1 Corinthians uh, 12, it says this, but the same Spirit, capital S Spirit, referring to the Holy Spirit, is the source of all of them. These gifts aren't an accident. They're not random. It's part of God's masterpiece in us. That the source of the things that we are gifted in, the source for all of the things that we're good at, is our creator. We are uniquely gifted to serve a unique God. I'm here to tell you this morning, you are uniquely gifted to serve a unique God. Amen? Amen. Psalm 139 says this. I don't like to jump from like verse to verse to verse, but those, that last verse and this verse are just so good. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. This is the psalmist David talking to God. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex 
Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. The creator is the source for all of the gifts that we have. And if we continue reading in in 1 Corinthians 12, we find out that we were created to use our gifts to serve God. In verse uh, 5, it says, There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So I ask you this, how do we help each other? These are spiritual gifts. How do we, if not how do we, but when we help each other, who are we helping? Yeah, God, right? Because he tells us in scripture that when you meet the needs of the least of these, you are meeting my needs. When you clothe the naked, you are clothing me. When you feed the hungry, you are feeding me. When you give shelter to those who need shelter, you are sheltering me. When you serve God, or how you serve God is by serving others. So when you serve other people, you are serving God. So we all have spiritual gifts. Each and every one of us. And I can break them down into probably four categories for you. And they're used for four different ways. The first way is leading people to God. Leading people to God. The second way is communicating God's word. Third way is educating God's people. And lastly, demonstrating God's love. So no matter what gift you have, it all comes back to God. So I ask you this. How are you using what you're good at to serve God this morning? How are you using what you're good at to serve others? One of the questions we should be asking ourselves is how do we maximize and leverage all that God has given us for his glory? Because remember, you are uniquely designed and uniquely gifted to serve a unique God. About once a month, uh, I'll be standing at uh, one of the cubicles in our office uh, next to a woman named Nancy. Nancy is our communications director, and um, every week she slaves over uh, that bulletin that you have in your hands. And so if you don't take it home, she knows where you live. Um, and she, she will make sure that, that all of the hard work that she has put into this every week um, uh, is, is for your benefit. And really, you know, that's one of her giftedness, you know, you know, she is a communicator, uh, and, and she communicates uh, through uh, written word. And, and that, uh, that bulletin doesn't come together by accident, all right? It takes hours. But so I find myself uh, once a month, uh, at the very least, standing by Nancy's desk, and she will say the same thing verbatim to me every month. Dave, you should have been an engineer. Now... What she's not saying is, Dave, why are you in ministry? You shouldn't be here. <laughs> All right, I get that. I, like, I, I, know, I know the full intention of this because we've had this lengthy conversation before. But 
it's usually based off of something that I'm helping her with or something she's helping me with, and we're having this conversation, and it always comes back to the things that I'm gifted at. Like, Dave, why, why weren't you an engineer? I'm like, well, I didn't want to be an engineer. I, you know, I, I, I get why she's saying it because my mind is, I told you my, I'm weird, right? So my mind uh, works uniquely uh, from, uh, from other people. I, I think very systematically. Um, so, you know, the, the whole process uh, of, of engineering something, you know, especially like mechanical engineering where, you know, in order for this to happen, all of these steps need to happen um, for, to get from point A to point B. Like, I understand all that. Like, that's just the way my mind works. Other people look at that and scratch their head and be like, I just want that to happen. Can you just make that happen, right? <laughs> you know, um, so that's just, that's just the way my mind works. And so she always tells me, you know, you, you should have been a, a, an engineer. And, I, you know, my response is very simple, is that, you know, no, I'm, I'm here doing what God has designed me to do because this is where I was meant to be. I had a Calc teacher in high school, um, Dr. Pancari. I'll never forget him. He was one of my favorite teachers. Um, he asked me one day, he said, so where are you going to college? I said, oh, I decided I'm going to Messiah College. This is my senior year. Oh, that's great. So, are you, you know, you're studying math, right? I'm like, uh, no, um, I'm going to, I'm back and forth between like ministry or theology. And he looked at me and he's like, why? I'm like, because those are the kind of things that interest me. You know, remember the passions thing that Steve talked about last week? You know, those are the things I was passionate about. And he's like, I think you're making a mistake. Why? He's like, because you're really good at math. Why don't you do something in the field of math? Like, why don't you teach math? I'm like, I don't want to teach math. Like, I, like, nothing against math teachers. My wife is a math teacher, and she's a really good math teacher. But I'm like, I don't want to. Like, I, you know, that's not what gets me excited. Um, like, I, you know, I just, as at an early age, I felt this unique calling to go into ministry. And, and I call it a unique calling because I don't feel like everyone is called to go into full-time ministry. I believe we're all called to minister and serve others, right? And we do that no matter what career path we take, whether you are working in a public school or a private school, whether you're working in an office or uh, with a group of people on a project, it, you, you do that whether you're working overseas or you have to travel a lot or whether you're putting a nail in a board as you're constructing something unique and magnificent. But that's what I wanted to do because I understood something and this is where all of this comes together, is that my passions and my giftedness needed to be aligned. I actually changed my major in college three or four times. Not many people know this, but um, I started out as a Christian ministries major, and within my first week, I changed it to double majoring to also include business administration and then I dropped the business administration, and then I picked up a counseling uh, piece with the ministry thing, and I dropped the counseling thing. You know, it, it really had to do with classes I didn't want to take. But, <laughs> but in the end, the one thing that remained true was I understood what my passions and my gifts were, 
And so I stuck to it. So what are your passions? You know, you've had a week to think about this from what Steve said. <laughs> what, what is it that you're passionate about? And how are you gifted? And how can you use those two things to impact those around you? How can you use it at your workplace, in your schools, in your community, at home? You know, so one of the things, or one of the things, the thing I'm the most passionate about, which has led me here today, is I'm passionate about helping people find Jesus. And so I allow my gifts to come alongside that. And I use that to help people find Jesus. My job. That's at home, too. So when I'm talking with my girls about life and what it means for them and how to deal with difficult situations at school with a schoolmate that, you know, they're butting heads with. Or how to talk to a neighbor that is being mean to them. Or how to engage their sister when the yelling and screaming is at an all-time high. And how they can love Jesus more and more each day. And eventually I know that as we continue to raise up our girls, we're going to be having conversations with them, hopefully before they're 21 years old, about what is it you're gifted in? And what is it that you're passionate about? And how can you spend the rest of your life using those things to serve God? I will say this, parents and people that work with kids, I think there's one trap we're falling into where we do a disservice to our kids. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Let me get my soapbox out, stand on it. I think when we tell our kids that if, if you work hard enough, you can achieve your greatest dream is wrong. if their greatest dream isn't in conjunction with what they're passionate about and what God has gifted them to be. Like, let's be honest. If I, if I had gone out and said, you know what? I'm going to work really hard at writing hundreds of books to go out there and inspire people on what it's like to be a gardener. Let me tell you, there's two major areas of failure there. <laughs> One, I am awful at writing. Not only am I awful at it, but I hate it. I could work really hard at it and maybe get better at it. But let's be honest, I will never be a Pulitzer Prize winning, is Pulitzer Prize right? Yeah. Um, uh, winning New York Times best-selling author. 
It's just not in my gift mix. I'm really bad at gardening, too. I don't know why that came to my mind, but yeah, I, it's true. Vicki waters my uh, plants in my office because um, I forget to water them. And yeah, they kept looking brown. Oh, they've never been so alive. So as we talk to our kids, as we talk to those around us, let us remind people let us remind ourselves, what is it that you're gifted with? What is it that you're passionate about? And how can you use that for God's glory? So if you're not sure what you're gifted in, I have uh, a, few, a few things for you to, to find out these answers, okay? The first thing is very simple. Uh, back to that uh, fancy Google search engine thing. You can type in spiritual gift inventory, and you can find a slew of uh, uh, free spiritual gift inventories online. They're self-assessments. And so, um, you know, as long as you've never taken one before, you can't trick yourself into thinking you're good at something. Um, you know, if you've done that before and you've, you have uh, some sort of idea, but you're still not entirely sure, talk to somebody close to you, your spouse or, uh, or a very close relative or, or somebody that lives with you, somebody that you work with alongside every day, maybe somebody that you volunteer in ministry with. That, that knows you well enough that can say, did you know you're good at this? Like, really? Oh, yes, it's obvious, right? Because a, a lot of times the things we're gifted at is really obvious to those that are closest uh, to us, just like the things we're not gifted at. So I want to encourage you, if you don't know what you're gifted at, find out. And lastly, let me leave you with this. Steve said last week, and he, uh, he was wrapping things up when he said this, that, that your passion is for his glory. Your passion is for God's glory. I want to end this week with this. And so are your gifts. You are uniquely designed to serve a unique God. So you are uniquely designed with a unique set of gifts and special abilities to love and serve a unique God that has given those gifts and abilities to you. God gives us these gifts for the sake of others. And next week, we're going to bring it all together and talk about what it all means in the end and how we as a community and as a body of believers fit together. Let me pray for you. So Jesus, I pray uh, for this group of people sitting in this room this morning. Lord, I pray that, uh, that, that this message would have been heart-piercing, that, that, uh, that it would have been something that you had intended for us to hear this morning, and that as we heard these words, we knew what you were speaking into our lives, Lord. And so I pray that as we leave here, that we will leave knowing that we are uniquely gifted. We are uniquely created. We are uniquely designed to love and serve you. Help us to define and find our passions Help us to understand our gifts so that way we can use them 
to serve you today, this week, and always. And we ask this in your name. Amen. So go from here, knowing that God loves you, that God intricately designed and created you to serve and love him. Amen?